0: Welcome to the Femtech Focus Podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto, and today we interview Shara Rocks. Shara is the inventor and founder of Muse Cycles, a guided experience to optimize one's hormone cycle for creative thinking, inspiration, and pleasure. Prior to Muse Cycles, Shara was a creative artist and former professional dancer. Muse Cycles started as a personal experiment with everyday self-trackers, which later turned into a collaboration with other neuroscientists and a study done with the Crigsfield Neuroscience Lab at Berkeley. You can learn more about Muse Cycles at discoveryourmuse.com. In this episode, we discuss how fertility is linked to creativity, Shara's personal experience through self-tracking, and filling the gap in research for women's brain health. Enjoy. Hey, Shara. Welcome to the show. How's it going, Brittany? It's going pretty good. Uh, Where are you right now?
1: I am in the beautiful Portland, Oregon.
0: Yeah, and you said you're in your studio?
1: I am in my studio, yes. So I uh, set up my studio like a design thinking lab. And this is where I sit with my ideas and and really sit with my curiosities and sit with my fascinations. And so if you were to imagine take pretty much any color sticky note <laughs> you yep. can find and as much wall space as you can find. And that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much my studio <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can see yeah. it behind,
0: a billion, <laughs> a, right. a lot of energy, a lot of ideas, a lot of creativity. That's awesome. What are you sticky noting about?
1: So I have been spending the last five years enthralled by a really perplexing phenomenon. Um, to me, it at first was a mystery, and then it became a big burning question. And it's literally what all my sticky notes are about. And at the top of like my wall of of stickies is this question: Why is fertility and creativity linked? And yes, right? Why is it linked? Why, why is there a relationship between creativity and fertility? Why is it a pattern that I feel in my own body? Why is it? Why do I feel like I'm most in flow when my fertility monitors are saying I'm most fertile? Mm -hmm. Why do I experience extraordinary states of mental flourishing? that are associated with, like, Mickey Hill Cheek Set Me High's, you know, flow, creative thinking. Why is this in sync with my cycle? Yeah. And the biggest question is, why didn't anyone tell me about this connection <laughs> between my brain and my body, my fertility and creativity, when I started my first period yeah. at, like, the eve of my 13th birthday?
0: Yeah, we, we leave out a lot. <laughs> we leave out so much. <laughs> so much, really. Um, I can't wait to dive into this with you. I would love to know a little bit about your history because, you know, we we have a lot of scientists that come on here, tech engineers, um, you know, policymakers, doctors. You sound like you have some, you know, different outlook on life. So where are you from? You know, what did you study and, and what ended you up here?
1: Okay, if I were to look back and tell you that – my lifelong practice in dance and a lifelong practice in the creative process, working as a creative professional first in a very, very, very early, like in 2000. With uh, we were building technology, I was at a company building technology for healthcare, hmm. and yeah, yeah. But we were a startup, and this was before Facebook was a thing. So we really were just, Mm -hmm. like, graduates, like, that moved from the bonus room of a home and, like, did some really good work for uh, Duke University Eye Center. And uh, if if you were to tell me that that path, because I went to to school to study advertising and marketing, and I was Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm going to go into advertising and marketing. This is how I'm going to, you know, get paid handsomely for my natural ability to – Uh, design and create Mm -hmm. and, 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 and art make, you know, it's, it's, so I, I didn't really take science in college. I didn't Mm -hmm. really need to because I was on that that advertising track, right? I was on that path. And what I realized is by taking the S out of art, so the science out of the arts, and then Mm. taking the A out of STEM, it led to it, it. It led to me even questioning that I could even be someone that contributes to science.
0: Oh my that gosh. I could even yeah. be
1: someone that can 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 can, can be a scientist. Yeah. Yep. And I want I want to make it very clear. I'm not a scientist. I'm 100 percent self taught. I'm a self taught <laughs> woman in STEM. I taught myself neuroscience. Yep. I yep. taught myself computer engineering. I taught myself reproductive endocrinology. I taught myself um, you know, algorithm design. But because patterns are intuitive and felt, and because we have this extraordinary capability with our brains to discover patterns, this natural ability for design led to a ability to see algorithms. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the tech got small enough and I had the power of technology in the palm of my hand, that is when... I was initiated into science for the first time. Yeah. Because I I, I, it's like I had the Alexandria, you know, the Library of Alexandria in my pocket. My curiosity, (laughs) my insatiable curiosity was was limitless. I could ask Google any question I wanted and the answer would come back. And so I I was doing the work of a scientist, but in a previous era like before science was something that happened in a university hmm. I was just using personal observation about natural phenomenon and I was really using my own body and my own in of one to be my own study
0: hmm. yeah I love how you are you know like if it's uh, two pools of water, right? Like you're splashing your artistic water into the science water and realizing that like, you can make it all into one big pool. And I, I really identify with that, but in the inverse. So, um, you know, I have not naturally skilled at drawing or painting or singing or music. Uh, and so I grew up for many, many years saying I can't do art. I can't do art. I don't do art. I can't do art. And I really limited myself because I had that thought. I had that pillar and I didn't even try because I was like, that's not for me. I'm a scientist. I'm mathematical. I'm numbers. I'm linear. And it wasn't until like four or five years ago, I started to do some really deep like inner self work and was invited to start drawing and uh, relinquish that (laughs) idea that I needed to be like fucking Picasso in order to (laughs) sketch something you know and now I like love it and I realize like what I really like is like arts and crafts you know I really like building little things and you know getting crafty with it or if I do a painting I like to hot glue some moss on it and you know and now I'm like, oh this is so cute and fun and whatever, you know, like I'll win awards for other things. Like it doesn't need to be this craft. (laughs) I love
1: this because this is also my story too, but the Mm -hmm. but the equal and opposite, right? It's like I was just like, oh man, like science is so cool and I'm reading all these science books and I only watch the science channel on TV. Mm -hmm. And I'm like you know, like, but I'm like, I could never be like Einstein, and so I could never be a scientist. And it, it, it dawned on me that science is simply something that is a function of how humans have. Thought since the birth of culture, mm-hmm. animals quantify things. Animals <laughs> have a mammals have a sense of quantification. Animals use curiosity to solve problems yes. in their environment. Yes, and it dawned on me that when um, this extraordinary book, one of my all time favorite authors, the late uh, Dr. Leonard Schlein, he is an amazing, amazing uh, writer and a neurosurgeon. And he one of his first books is called Art and Physics, and he talked about how the artist uses a different suite of ways to process information mm-hmm. to share insights about the physical reality that in which we live and exist. So cool. And that encouraged me to pursue because I experienced a phenomenon in my in my physical, subjective, of one experience. Mm-hmm. And when that phenomenon started to be reflected in women I would talk to that would say, wow, I think I feel that too. And then when that phenomenon was starting to be reflected in the neuroscientific literature, mm. then when that phenomenon I was seeing in books with people who have PhDs and entire labs, oh. I was like, okay, there's something hidden that I was able to access through a different suite of tools. Mm-hmm. And so what if I put the A back in STEM for myself? And what if I just jump into the unknown and 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 just pursue my curiosity? What if I just hmm. live for the next 10 years, which I did, just dedicated to art and science, and that's all I do.
0: So cool.
1: What What would happen in the end? And so
0: here we are. Here we are. You landed on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> it has all boiled up to this moment. Um, <laughs> so this phenomenon you're talking about is this, like, wave of creativity or changes in creativity that kind of coincide with uh, your menstrual cycle, right? It is. The phenomena, even more specific than that, uh-huh. I was having
1: eureka moments, like literal visitations from the muse, like work in its complete and perfect form, pouring out of my brain through my hand onto paper at the time when my body was most biologically primed for conception. Huh. I was like, how is it that when my brain is primed for insight, it's Mm -hmm. the same time that my body is primed for conception. Mm -hmm. And I want to make it really clear that for me, fertility was not related to natural family planning. Mm -hmm. I was using a fertility awareness method to actually enhance my performance. So I'm in, you know, as an inventor, I, I find that I'm often 10 to 15 years ahead of my time. And so You might, you know, listening in, you might have heard by now that the um, women's world soccer champs, they have been training to get a competitive edge, training and getting training programs in sync with their cycle. And at this time, I was a dancer athlete full time. I was uh, belly dancing, touring, doing shows uh, uh, all over the globe. And I had a suite of Uh, Body care workers to make sure that I could perform my best and prevent injury when I was doing, you know, these high, you know, rehearsing all day and then performing at night. Mm -hmm. And so, I remember seeing this book called *Taking Charge of Your Fertility* in one of my now great friends, uh, Dr. Danielle Cornelius, in her in her practice. And I was like, "Can I borrow this book? And I'll bring (laughs) it back next time I come in." (laughs) And I, Brittany, it was one afternoon, I read that book. I said, I will never not know what's going on with my body and my ovaries and my fertility again. How can I not know this? Mm -hmm. And literally from that day forward, that is when I, I started to see this pattern because I tracked three things when I started my own fertility awareness practice. I tracked my ovarian biomarkers, I tracked my creative thinking, and I tracked my sexual desire, because, like, why Mm. wouldn't you want to track that? Yep. And in tracking those three things, I didn't know it, but I was unearthing a mystery. I was unearthing this connection, and it was about cycle 20 that I saw. I was like, am I having eureka moments at the time when this app is saying I could get pregnant? Am I... When my body is wow. is prime for conception, yeah, I was like, "What? What is that?" Yeah, and that's that that started. Oh it all. my
0: god! And for our listeners, you know, I definitely at one point in my life, which and it wasn't that long ago, which was kind of scary. I thought women were pretty fertile most of the time, but we're, we're actually woke. only fertile for like less than 48 hours like there's like a (laughs) maybe a two-day window every month which also like by the way side note blows my freaking mind how many unplanned pregnancies there are when we there's like literally hours worth of fertility anyways i hear um, you like blows my mind uh but maybe that has to do with sexual desire that you're gonna tell us about i don't know um right it's all connected it's all (laughs) connected Um, (laughs) i am the data (laughs) patterns patterns y'all patterns um yeah. So listeners, you know, when she's when, you know, uh, Cher is talking about like having eureka moments at the window of fertility, it's it's really not a whole week's worth. It's, it's less than two days. Right. Less than two days. And, you know, it's it's it's
1: amazing what you're how in less than two days, how you can make massive progress on your mm. work. Because, wow. like, as an inventor, like we're told these stories about invention, like uh, the most famous inventor Edison. It's ninety nine percent perspiration, one mm. percent inspiration. And I'm like, well, Edison for me, it's been one percent perspiration, ninety nine percent inspiration. Oh
0: my gosh! Because yes.
1: in one instant, this is a, so. It's it's that's what your Eureka moment. That's what that's what flow. You know, one of my research partners, the Flow Research Collective. So now I'm working with i'm'm um, i I'm, 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 I developed this pattern I saw in myself into. A model that I then took to a behavioral neuroscience lab at Berkeley, which was really fun and really cool.
0: Yeah. And once deal. that,
1: yeah, it was, it was you know, kind of awesome. And then once, once <laughs> I literally saw that what I found and felt in myself was actually like validated because they gave me the sensors and they, I literally like wore these little computer chips called eye buttons on my body for like for for a long time taped every day just getting like continuous yeah getting a continuous body sensor temperature and like i was doing dutch map testing so getting a real readout Mm -hmm. of my hormones and like for three full cycles and so i that that is that was kind of my my um almost like my my phd if you will Mm -hmm. like i'm not minimizing Mm -hmm. how hard it is to get a phd uh, by that time, I'd already been doing so much self-study. I'd read 2,000 scientific papers. Somehow I convinced uh, someone who had a background in behavioral neuroscience mm-hmm. to tutor me for two years to actually help me understand scientific thinking and how to read scientific literature. Mm-hmm. But she just was like, I think you're on to something here, yeah. so I want to help you, you know? and so, you know, now, like, with this model, I'm so proud to say that I have introduced it to not only Dr. Shelley Carson at Harvard, who inspired this entire project for me, and I'll tell you about that in a second, but it allows me to now take, um, to to fill a void that we're seeing in, like, the human performance space, mm. where a lot of women who are like me, who are, you know, in, you know, Startup backgrounds, professional backgrounds, uh, athletics are not getting programs that are designed to support their natural neurophysiology. Yes. And there's an invisible data problem that is having us train like... Physiology that is not the way our mind and body are designed.
0: Yeah, the default and is a male program. The default is the a, default. a male, you know, model, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the default. And yeah, so because I because I'm empowered through
1: through this new cycles practice, because I've seen my own body's data, because I know that fertility and creativity are linked, I'm able to go in and say have you ever thought about flow, estrogen, and progesterone? (laughs) Have you ever thought that high flow and high fertility are are linked? And are you serving the women that are pursuing these high flow, high mastery experiences? Because that's what I'm seeing is the clients that work with me is they, they have gone, they've done masterminds. They've gone to retreats. They do, they're seeking to get into these states that, you know, the flow research collective calls as like extraordinary altered states of superhuman performance, right? And so people are finding these states at Burning Man, you know, it's mm. like they, they had talked about this actually in their book, like people are pursuing ecstatic states yeah. or altered states to like get into the zone. Yeah. And I was just like, well, if I look at the flow science and the cycle science, and I look at the neuroscience and the cycle science, and I look at the uh, you know, I I look at the, what the, what the brain science is and the cycle science, it's all adding up.
0: Oh my gosh. So amazing. So you said that there's like three main components. It's like ovarian creativity and sexual desire. Yeah. I tracked three things.
1: I tracked my ovarian biomarkers. biomarkers. I tracked my creative thinking and I tracked sexual desire. And, and between those three data points, I, it, this is actually a really good segue into um, into why we are here today. Yeah. Why I even discovered that my ovaries are my muse is because uh, <laughs> oh, I like I already be- know the title. I
0: already know the title. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I, I I have I some of the the magic of life. Uh, this, the science of synchronicity, like the self-ordering patterns of the universe, I don't know how to control or master them, but when I just float with them, mm-hmm. things happen that I can't even, I could never even have planned yeah, or orchestrated. Yeah. And this, there's there's some of the most profound experience of, experiences have been because books have found me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I just, you know, this... I just went, I was like, I just want to go to Pal's Books. You know, I was just like, I don't want to work. <laughs> uh-huh. I just take a long walk and meander and go to Pal's Books. I probably was in fourth knees at this time, <laughs> and so you know, I go into Pal's, and you know, this is this is even before I was even getting into you know, uh, teaching myself neuroscience, reproductive endocrinology, creativity research. So I, I'm just like, you know, mastering fertility awareness and using it to enhance my you know my my performance. Uh, in dance, and so I go in, and I'm I, I I'm like, hmm, I'm just going to go down this aisle, and I go down the aisle, and I see this book called Your Creative Brain, and I'm like, ooh, okay, and so I pulled off the shelf. I don't even read it. I just take it, and I like buy it, and I'll never forget. It was it was October fifteenth, and. I am on my way actually to Dan, Dr. Danielle's uh, practice. And mm-hmm. so I'm in the waiting room and I'm reading it and I am, she's just like, what is going on? Cause she hears me. She's like, Oh my God. I'm like, I literally, it's blowing my mind because <laughs> Dr. Shelly Carson showed in that book what the, the the, the brain imaging patterns when the brain is creatively thinking. And then mm. she described the neuroscience and the behavior of that brain pattern.
0: Whoa. And
1: I was like, this sounds way too familiar to me. I think that this brain set is something I was saying in my own cycle journals. Yeah, And yeah. I looked at one brain set and then I looked at a second one. and I said, I think I was saying the same thing in my cycle journals too. And then I went through another brain set and I ended up going through the entire creates brain sets model. Mapped it that in that in that afternoon, waiting for my appointment, to this data I already had, and for the first time, I had words for the first time to describe all of this inner richness I've always felt inside of my body. This connection between my fertility and my creativity that apps and algorithms were not designed to track.
0: Mm -hmm. No, yeah, your your fertility app isn't asking like did you feel your muse today? Like, (laughs) like, (laughs) did you have a eureka moment? Like, did you feel like dancing or painting or? Yeah. Right. Right. Wow. And so, um, why do you think, do you have a hypothesis? Why creativity would correlate with fertility? Like, is there some evolutionary way? Like, why, why would, should we be most creative when we're most fertile?
1: It's such a good question, Um, and it's something that I again, it's it's. I do have a hypothesis, and I also have just like my mind has been blown by the work of um, Scott Barry Kaufman. The work of and he's actually a humanistic psychologist, uh, but his work about about like creativity and. Uh, like the peacock, you know, it's like the peacock's feathers. Like why that, like creativity would be involved in mating behavior, mm-hmm. and uh, and then Jeffrey Miller, the work of Jeffrey Miller, his book The Mating Mind. I was like, oh. <laughs> pre- yeah, I was like, oh my god. He presented for the first time things that I also was kind of working through myself where. Uh-huh. One chapter is called, like, the like, uh, it was all about Scheherazade and how it makes a lot of sense that if, you know, if cave woman in the Cave of Forgotten Dreams, right, it's like that cave that we found in France mm-hmm. where there's art on the walls, like, the only rendition of a human form in that cave is the female body. Everything else is animals. So what do we think was happening in that cave? Do we think that cave was like, you know, for a hunting ritual? Or do we think that that was the first tavern where where through luring in attractor forces of creativity to have like, you know, like, you know, sex at dawn was happening. It's like there were no societal constructs back then to prevent natural physiological states of arousal and desire mm-hmm. in sync with a 400 million year old evolutionary force of nature called estrus <laughs> and in order to attract a partner when there was no brazilian waxing and like you know <laughs> and like everything Like, probably who was, like, who, who had, who signaled through their cognition, Uh a high level kind of thinking, like creativity, who was able to enchant with words, who was Uh able to enchant with, 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 with humor, who was able to enchant with, um, you know, the kind of, like, when you just kind of fall into fun and timelessness with your company, Hmm. I would imagine that. It's like, because before there were beauty salons, we had the creativity fertility link.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Like 30,000 years ago, 400, 40,000 years ago, you know, many, many, many of thousands of years ago. Evolutionary biology isn't my wheelhouse. So I don't know how long, <laughs> how long exactly we've been around, but just to, like literally put ourselves. It's like, we kind of know this with like the R- Rona happening right now. Yeah. And I'm not making a lie of it because my mom is actually like, you know she is a nurse and she's on the front lines but you know it's it's like we kind of know it's like our, our you know it's like things are kind of going a little bit because we're not out and about yeah. and so yep. imagine what this would be like for us 30 40, years ago when wow. mating still happened when love and connection and intimacy <laughs> still happened yeah so maybe it's creativity that got wired in
0: wow so mm-hmm. freaking cool so you started something called muse cycles right Yes. So what I is New Cycles? So New
1: Cycles is my boutique practice where uh, I specifically work with female professionals who are seeking high flow but have been burning out on performance programs that were never designed for them. And oh. so Right, right. Because I thought about, like, New Cycles is, in a way, many things. It is also my life's work. It is mm-hmm. also this validated model. It is a patent-pending tech. It is this boutique experience that I host. But... When it came down to it, like after I finished the process of invention and as a micro inventor, I'm telling you, it's like the hardest thing I ever did in my life. Like to Mm. micro invent without company resources or like company money or company time. You know, I was doing this, supporting myself waiting tables and I was using Mm. and funding all of my own R&D with waitressing tips. And so, you know, really to... At the end of it, like when I figured out, like I was teaching myself this whole thing called research commercialization and like technology transfers and stuff. Because again, I'm I'm not associated with the university either, so I have to figure this all out on my own, (laughs) right? And so I'm just like, okay, well, let me put my my design thinking cap back on because this is becoming really overwhelming. Because I'm a micro inventor, and let me really listen to these women and see what they are saying they need. And what I discovered was it wasn't another app or piece of technology, a wearable that they wanted. They wanted a play, a way to come back home to their bodies. They mm-hmm. wanted a way to understand what their body was saying to them. They wanted a practice that could like literally serve as an intervention to turn on these peak states and these, these flow states in a way that, Felt that increased flow reduced friction, like in, like no more friction because we're constantly being socially jet lagged, or no more friction because we don't have a word to even describe what our body is signaling to our mm-hmm. brain. Mm-hmm. And some one of I have two research heroes. First, John Coates, whose research on uh, physiology and performance made headlines, like I'm talking the New York Times Business Day, Bloomberg the economist, and he found traders in tune with their heartbeats make more money. And I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) let me, I was like, all right, well, this is good good news yeah, because it is a lot easier for me to know and to tune in to what my ovaries are doing than my heartbeat. Like I literally could be in tune. Like there are so many clear biomarkers. Mm -hmm. So to be in tune with your fertility for fertility awareness, for women who don't even have any interest in trying to conceive or trying yep. to avoid. I was yep. like, okay, great. So this is a really cool, like, this is a cool opportunity. And then the second is um, the uh, Lisa Feldman Barrett, her book, How Emotions Are Made. Mm. That book literally it was another book that changed my life, actually. It was the it was the companion to Dr. Leonard Schling's The Alphabet vs. The Goddess. And we, our brains are wired for both image and word. We need both. We need both left and right. We need both mind and body. And what Lisa Feldman Barrett was saying in her book is that the body is constantly signaling to the brain. The brain's in constant communication with the body. And if we don't have a concept, so a word, to describe, like, literally, like, implanted in our brains from our culture, that describes what the body is signaling, Mm -hmm. that can reduce our allostasis, our our, our body's budget, our ability to like be in flow and and to feel and perform our best. Mm -hmm. And if for nearly 30 years, I didn't even have a word to describe ovulation Hmm. because there's all kinds of words for menstruation. Like literally I say menstruation across cultures and movies, all along the spectrum from like, super empowering to super, d- d- uh, super, uh, negative, actually mm-hmm. super, super, you know, we all know we've been there. Yeah. But when I was like, wait a minute, there's not a word across culture that we all recognize for ovulation. And this is like the fifth yeah. vital sign. I was like, so I'm going to create it. I was like, it's amused. muse. I'm a muse. I'm <laughs> using. I am a muse. And I oh. love it because to be amused is to be delighted, yes. and to be delighted is like a state of uh, like it's 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 uh, it. It reminds me of what estrogen effects are on mm. hormones and behavior. You know, it's like it, it 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 lights you up from the inside. So mm. so so to to me is, you know, Lisa Feldman Barrett was saying, you give a word, you can finally see. Yeah, you can finally see more of your experience. Yeah. That is why through that is why I didn't turn this into an app because to digitize something is to give it over to the left hemisphere of the brain Mm -hmm. and to um, to to reduce it into a form that isn't embodied. But to create a practice and to dive into the inner richness of the body, we need more analog Mm. experiences and so that is what I deliver in my new cycles boutique take practice.
0: Wow, amazing. And it's not just like artists that are looking for their muse for music or dance, right? It's like corporate executives and athletes. Yep. And corporate
1: corporate executives, uh, startup founders, um, you know, mid-career professionals, you know, first-time so cool uh, you know, uh, wanting to go back to school to get their PhD, really any, really it's anyone who is looking to do their best work at work in a way that actually is like, wait a minute, I have some real gifts here Mm -hmm. and I want to bring these gifts to the table. I want to know how to get the best out of myself when, in in all aspects and, you know, creativity is a, creativity because it's creativity is a way the brain functions. Mm-hmm. Creativity is uh, is a is an activation state in the brain. Creativity does not we can't reduce creativity down to art making. Creativity is a function of how a brain in a flourishing state works. Yes. And if we know that ovarian function and cognitive function are connected, then why aren't we monitoring this 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 critical? critical connection. Yeah. And I had to invent because I kept seeing, I was like, you know, everyone's seeing this, like OBGYNs are hearing this. I, you know, I'm hearing this. It's like, why didn't anyone tell me the sooner? And then it's like, I didn't know I was going to perimenopause. Why didn't anyone tell me the sooner that, you know, there were, there were things like that were signaling to me, like, why didn't anyone tell me this sooner that, you know, I could have, you know, done, had an intervention sooner. In order to not have chronic symptoms in my cycle, yeah. You know, why didn't anyone tell me the sooner? So for me, I'm I was like, well, well, why don't we? To me, that's a design flaw. That's a design opportunity. How do you design in the flourishing? What I haven't seen is the flourishing aspects of fertility, mm-hmm. mental flourishing, the positive psychology of cycles. Yeah, like what what happened in psychology when they didn't want when they wanted to, in addition to looking at dysfunction, they wanted to look at flourishing. Hmm. I was like, let's do this for cycles.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they leave out a lot of really important stuff. Like we don't, we don't learn about menopause when we learn about our period. Um, you know, we don't endometriosis takes a really long time to get diagnosed. And a lot of it is a right. woman just thinking, well, I just have heavy flow. It's a me issue. And so the fact that we left out creativity does not surprise me. Because we've right. been living in the, you know, masculine energy for so many decades, so many, you know, forever, essentially. Like, that's not a priority, I think, when they, for them, I think it's, like, and I don't mean them. I mean, masculine energy is, like, about functionality, you know, yes. and, like, hierarchies and stuff. Um, you can have masculine energy as a woman or a man, so it's not about gender. It's about the energy. Uh, but the female energy, that feminine energy, is is this, like, swirling up and down and backwards and so I'm so excited that hopefully we can start having conversations with little girls about their first period and include the story about menopause you know and include right. the story about monthly you know creative cycles um, right. you know what I would love to see I would love to see these that, that
1: entire journey codified mm-hmm. through our movie making and our myth making
0: Yeah, it,
1: it, it makes me think that was the story of Little Red Riding Hood about menarche to menopause? Like, was she looking at herself, right? Isn't that interesting? Was she, with her little red coat, as a girl looking at herself as, like, you know, the the wolf? And maybe back then, the only story they had was that this is, like, mother, maiden, and, and crone. Well, hey. We're, you know, we're gonna re. We're, well, first we're gonna retell that story, Mother Maiden <laughs> Muse, right? Mother yeah. Maiden Muse, because I, I see J Lo. I'm like, okay, JLo. I see you. So yes, yeah, we get to retell that story. And imagine if we, if Netflix originals, like, hello Netflix, yes. like I would love to consult. <laughs> like, if if we could have some original programming that mm-hmm. really tells the hero's journey through the lens of the feminine, through the lens of like the ovarian continuum, through Mm -hmm. the lens of the mind body changes that we go through Mm -hmm. from our first training brawl all the way until, you know, our, our last contribution.
0: Huh? I would love to see that. Girl, this has been awesome. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) this has been so awesome. Um, yeah, I, I want to ask two more questions cause I could talk to you all day. I feel like, <laughs> <Same>. um, <laughs> so I want to ask you two more questions that our listeners love. Um, you know, obviously you discovered something that obviously has been right in front of us the whole time, but it, it took the the time and, um, focus that you had to really, you know, flourish and like discover this thing Um, unveil Unveil unveils the word I'm you know this this thing so what are other areas in women's health and wellness that you think still need unveiling aka innovating (laughs) right right
1: unveil I love unveiling instead of innovating I love that okay cool well I would love to see an you know, there's so many areas. It's like
0: it's actually a trick question.
1: <laughs> and I would, no, that's cool. That's cool.
0: Everything needs improvement.
1: And like you know, that—that's what it is. It's like the entire yeah. ovarian continuum needs improvement. <laughs> but for I, I would love to see the expansion of the definition of fertility mm. from just baby making yep. or reproductive function to brain health, cognition. Mm. A psychology, uh, and because if if I'm I'm if and I'm speaking from my own end of one, so I can't speak for. I, I don't know yet what what is what is coming for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm certainly going to observe it, and I'm certainly going to collect all the data for it, <laughs> like I like I am doing now. But I but but what I have been trying to get women to understand when they hear that word fertility. And they just brush it off. No, I'm, I'm not trying to have a baby.
0: Yeah, I'm
1: not in a relationship. I'm like, no, 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 girlfriend. No. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely, to monitor this, is one of the most powerful practices you can do. And it's so powerful that I I even went through a year-long sex education program in middle school. Because I told my parents, I was like... Well, I'm gonna have a boyfriend one day, so I better learn about sex.
0: Wow! Yeah. <laughs> they
1: enrolled me in the Unitarian Universalist Sex Ed program for a year. <laughs> so here I am, even thinking, you know, uh, I, I I really had a bear. I was set up for a very good coming of age and a very good like exploration with my body, mm-hmm. and I didn't even know that fertility was had anything to do with performance, success, fulfillment. No. No, this is news to me. (laughs) And why is it that I'm a waitress? So this goes back. It's like, and I was a waitress figuring this out. Like literally waiting tables because I just wanted a universal basic income experiment to see what would happen if I devoted my life to art and science, right? Mm -hmm. It's like I had a career for 10 years. Like, let's try something else. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's, 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 so really it's, this is such a huge opportunity because this is such a new industry. And so let's not do like, let's be as innovative and inventive and out of the box. And like, we need more creative outliers.
0: Great. You don't
1: have a PhD. Awesome. Like we need everyone to show up to the table, to contribute to the, to the beginning of this industry.
0: Mm, I love it. You do not, if you're a listener without an advanced degree, you're just waiting tables. You're a kayak tour guide. You know, you're like, (laughs) You are the one. You're the one. We need you. you. Could be the one. We, need we need you. you. We need um, you. We need your own
1: in of one insights.
0: Yes. 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 Um, and so our last question actually is about the industry in general. What do you think the femtech industry needs right now to be successful? I I I, I would
1: love to see this reduction in the like the translational science gap. Like I remember coming across a study that it takes 17 years for a discovery in a lab to get to a clinic, yeah, and like uh, 17 years is too late for me. Mm -hmm. We need to advance that
0: (laughs) process,
1: and so if, you know, founders and early companies can work with labs, like I was in a one, not even having any kind of background yet Dr. Shelly Carson, you know, took an appointment with me. She ended up calling me her colleague. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, what? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I was amazing. like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, like, I, and, and, and I, I find that, you know, they're like Dr. Benjamin Smarr, I, he was a postdoc at at, at, at Berkeley-Creeksfield Neuroscience Lab. Now he's at UCSD Data Science. But some of the discoveries he was making through new methods he was creating was just blowing my mind. And the fact that this wasn't getting translated into the public. And I was seeing that in like the fertility awareness education space, we're using methods that haven't been updated. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. We need to reduce that gap. We need to reduce, we need to shorten that gap between discovery to application
0: and practice. I love it. All right, y'all. If you, like I said, you're a waitress, you're, you're out there. (laughs) Like you're, you, you cut, grass for living like whatever you know you do not need to be a doctor you may be a belly dancer your international belly dancer right like you could be the one to really advance women's health because um innovation requires looking through a different lens you know potentially at the same thing we're all looking at but you look at it from another angle so um shara thank you so much for your time today i really appreciate it Brittany. Really, it's been so awesome talking
1: to you. I feel like I stepped into uh, a midnight in Paris behind that door where
0: (laughs) the most interesting conversations are happening. Like, so this
1: is really fun for me.
0: Oh Oh, man, that's, I like to think that that's what this podcast is all about. Just the most interesting conversations. (laughs)
1: Nice.
0: (laughs) Nice. It's been super fun. Bye. Thank you for listening to my interview with Shara Rocks, the founder of Muse Cycles. I found this conversation around fertility, menstruation, and creativity absolutely fascinating. I'd love to meet more of you innovators out there that are combining science and art for women's health. Again, you can check out Shara's work at www.discoveryourmuse.com. Already, Fem fans, if you love our content, please consider donating to Femtech Focus. We are a non-profit organization, and your contributions go directly to helping us elevate the Femtech industry. You can also support the show by sharing it with a friend, subscribing, and leaving a review. To stay up to date on Femtech news and events, subscribe to our newsletter and join our virtual community where hundreds of other Fem fans are already talking and collaborating and asking questions so you gotta get in there you can join through our website femtechfocus.org until next time keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness